0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you.
1: Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing
0: doing fine.
1: Good. All right.
0: You know, I woke up this morning, Daniel, and rushed to the the computer and the television because there was a war going to start today. (laughs) This is it. This was the big day. But uh, it looked like a lot of people didn't believe that. Uh, A few days ago, though, uh, you know, the... uh, Ukrainians were preparing, the markets were preparing for and that there would be an invasion. They said so. And, you know, there are a bunch of old fashioned communists that really run that country. So uh, the Russians were going to invade. But, but guess what? It was rather calm. You know the markets are down, but they've been down for other reasons. And uh, gold was up, but gold was up for other reasons too. Although it got a big boost before <clears throat> before all the excitement of the the plans for the war. But it looks like the plans faded. I wonder if Putin chickened out.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what they'll say. <laughs> yeah, this, he
0: just chickened out. And but but you know this is. Um, this is something that you, you wonder. How does it happen to build it up? It's sort of the orchestration of uh, of the propaganda because it wasn't just the United States. They have to have their NATO buddies, <laughs> you know, doing what we want them to do, and they were, you know, joining in on the course. So, but when when the dust settles and it's trying to settle right now, at least the tanks aren't rolling. And uh, uh, b- by, uh, 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 Putin says he's taking his tanks home, which he may or may not be. But uh, if it remains this way and continues to improve, and there is no fireworks, uh, you know, at least for now. Uh, Who who benefited from this exercise? Somebody, it didn't happen out of thin air. It wasn't like when a hurricane hits the Gulf Coast. Uh, We we don't have much to say about that. But these these events and even the complications from COVID, they they just don't come out of the sky. They come by bad policy and sometimes it's just ignorance. And sometimes it's deliberate uh, activity by bad people. Uh, but it turns out that uh, a lot of money was spent, a lot of anxiety, a lot of overreaction, and a loss of a lot of loss of uh, credibility because even if everything goes as they if, <laughs> as they want. I think under these events, uh, governments, uh, and this is an advantage for us, the other governments lose credibility, and uh, I would think it'd be interesting to postulate on who really uh, benefited the most. I happen to think that if you think of it in a negative way, I I think uh, our world leaders, especially uh, with Biden being our leader. Yeah. the United States didn't do well, no. you know. I think they've slipped. But in some ways, whether they slip because of a failed uh, COVID policy that it's discovered is mostly the government's fault, or this policy here, it was unnecessary. That <clears throat> that's a point for our side of saying, why are we there? Why 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 are we intervening in this country that I don't imagine one out of ten Americans know where Ukraine is?
1: Yeah. Well, the winners and losers is a good way of thinking about it, because as you say, oh my gosh, it didn't happen, what are we going to do now? Um, I would say the losers, one of the big losers is the U.S. mainstream media, which won, again, even though they attack us and Zero Hedge and everyone else as being misinformation spreaders, they're the biggest misinformation spreaders of all, and they're the big losers. Uh, This is something funny that came out, because they're going to try to sell it like you said, Dr. Paul, oh, we faced them down and they backed yeah, off. Right. But this is funny from Biden's speech yesterday, and I actually did watch it. Thankfully, it was short. But he's going on about how we have to stand up to these Russians and we've got to stand up for our allies. We're not going to send troops. We're going to stand up. This line really struck, uh, stuck out at me, Dr. Paul. It says, uh, <coughs> you know, for all of us standing up for Ukraine, I will not pretend this will be painless. There could be impact on our energy prices. So, we're taking active steps to alleviate the pressure on our energy markets, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds to me like he's trying to hide the gas prices going through the roof on we're standing up for Russia. So, if you're ticked off like I am, because I got to go get gas when we finish the show, and I'm having a panic attack over how much it's going to cost. Well that just means you're for Russia because we got to stand up to them.
0: Yeah but I I think Russia has benefited economically tremendously from from this uh you know it's all an argument about sanctions and all and mocking Russia, boy, we stuck it to them, yeah. and uh, Putin. Putin doesn't seem to be too worried about it, and I think that he's benefited tremendously. They have a lot of oil and gas, and no matter what they do to try to break up any uh, relationship between Russia and the Europeans, it doesn't make any economic sense and uh so it's going to be there but uh russia depends on the price of uh oil and gas and uh all of a sudden you know they i think they they accomplished it and yet we pretend (laughs) we we have the worst position on energy we say well we're the great producers and not too many years ago we were producing for all kinds of reasons and we had a flood of, of, of energy, and the prices didn't soar.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, of course, prices soar for more than the reasons of foreign policy. They soar because of uh, inflationary policy by the Fed. But but anyway, they, uh, the Russians, I think, have benefited tremendously. They're a richer nation for it. And they're coming out, and then they just slowly say, ah, well, we're backing off this nonsense, <laughs> and then they sort of laughs at our media. Yeah. Oh, you fell for it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. If yeah. that's their plan, but that doesn't mean we should dismiss anything anything and everything they say. But we shouldn't overreact either. That
1: is a funny point because everything we say, <laughs> we try to. We want to stick it to the Russians. We want to hurt them. All the policies that done in Washington are helping them, making them <laughs> yeah. richer. Let's look at a couple of funny clips though, and this is from Bernard at. Um, Moon of Alabama, which I think is a a site I highly recommend. Uh, Happy Russia Invasion Day. He says, (laughs) I woke up early today because the moon is full and I've been promised a Russian invasion. The sky was clouded, no moon to see, and the invasion is for some reason way less bloody than anticipated. And he's showing a map from the sun, which is a UK paper, telling us exactly how it's going to go down, etc., etc., well, let's go to the next one because this is uh, Paul Joseph Watson. There's a really good quote in here. This is what we're getting this morning. Ukraine ally, Ukraine ally says Russian attack now highly unlikely. And Paul Joseph Watson says the legacy media got it wrong again. And this quote was buried in this, which is I think is fascinating. If we can go to the next clip. Um, this is a, 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 an official, a Ukrainian government official. He's the head of the Servant of the People faction in Kiev's parliament. Uh, he played down. This is David Arakamia. Played down the chances of a Russian incursion. Now listen to this and compare it with what we were hearing from the U.S. media all the time. This is a top Ukrainian official. During the escalation in the spring of 2021, last year, 220,000 Russian soldiers and equipment were concentrated around Ukraine's borders. Theoretically enough for a major attack, he explained. Now Russia has 123,000, which is almost half the number at the Ukrainian frontier. From a military point of view, he says, as they have explained to us all, a full-scale attack is impossible. Our intelligence does not see the signs that the Russians are directly preparing. That directly, that says a lot of things in there. First of all, what you'll never hear in the media, is there were twice as many Russian troops there last year when they were again blowing the whistle that it's coming. So there's only half as many, and second of all, that 120,000, according to to the head of the Ukrainian party, and they should know they're right next door. That's nowhere near enough to get the job done anyway. So that's why the Ukrainians never believed an attack was coming. This isn't entirely the product of the US White House, it's the product of the UK government, and it's a product of an obedient media that always does what they're
0: told. You know, um, when there's a good economic report whether it's a true report or not, because most economic reports are fudged <clears throat> and uh, to, to mislead uh, the, the, the people. So when that happens, though, and a good report comes out, say, on unemployment, uh, the president, uh, most presidents do it, especially yeah. Biden. He jumps up, victory, victory. Look what I did. I, it. I did, <laughs> did. it. Full employment's on its way, and we have a plan to get rid, rid of the inflation. But uh, under these circumstances, uh, I imagine uh, Biden will continue to say, uh, our policies are working. Uh, we had we confronted them and they backed down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll bet, I'll, I'll bet that will really humble uh, Putin. He'll, he'll <laughs> say, oh, boy, I better be careful. You know? <laughs> and it might be that Putin is one step ahead of him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, let's look at some of these media headlines. though. I mean, I just grabbed this from one tweet and I should have given the guy credit and I didn't. I apologize. But he put up a lot of these incendiary headlines. This is from yesterday Dawn raid. Russia set to invade Ukraine at 1 a.m. tomorrow with massive missile blitz and 200,000 group, troops, U.S. intelligence claims. The next one, this is The Mirror. Uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine set for 3 a.m. today with missiles and tank attack. The next one, this is The Guardian, which is, is a nightmare newspaper. It used to be really good. Russia will launch an attack on Ukraine early on Wednesday morning, according to U.S. officials quoted in media reports. And do another one, this is, I, I can't see what this one is. <laughs> Russia will order invasion of Ukraine at 3 a.m. tomorrow, sources say. They all have the exact same headlines. None of these stenographers bother to question what they're being force-fed. Not even force-fed, they're happily consuming. And this is why it's funny, and this is why, as you said earlier, the Russians are laughing. This is the spokesperson for the Russian government. Uh, put this next one up. This is on Tass. They know how to, they know how to troll, very well. Uh, if we can put up that next one, that next clip. This is from Tass. She says, "When's our upcoming invasions? I'd like to plan my vacation." <laughs> Diplomat mocks US UK media. Uh, she's um, she's very clever, very clever woman. So she's saying, can you give us a, a, a list, a schedule of when the invas- invasions are going to happen this year? Because I want to make sure I can plan my vacation around. You them. know,
0: uh, they must be watching our show because every once in a while we make a statement saying, you know, if you make fun of these people, it's a lot better than just trying to be so serious and lecture them yeah. that you're going to change. <laughs> just sort of laugh at them yeah. with uh, with a, a guarded effort to make sure they, you, you don't overstep your bounds. But no, I think that... Uh, the, the uh, the real uh, people that were at threat, the people who paid for this, the people who would have to fight if it's there. And this is delightful that they're backing off. And, uh, of course, uh, we have seen, uh, you, you know, when this uh, excitement was building up, oil was way up and uh, gold was way up. And they're still both quite high. And uh, so it means that there is some danger there, uh, but you you have to sort it out. Just like I worked at trying to sort out, you know, economic events from that are secondary to COVID versus secondary to the Fed. The Fed's always involved. And in this case, you try to sort out what the Fed is doing and what our foreign policies are doing. And they are connected because the financing of the wars come from the Fed. So they're a participant. And right now, you know, they're sort of in limbo. But I think markets tell me with the oil and gas prices that uh, the Fed is still up to a lot of mischief. They have no idea what they're doing and the suspending is going to continue and you know it's not likely in the next week or two I don't know about a month or two or a year or two uh, exactly what our administration will look like <laughs> but, but right now you know people are saying there's there's gonna be no magic you know with with this administration it piece some people say well you know maybe he'll resign maybe our president will resign oh well, that might help we'll get that vice president she yeah, looks pretty good she's smart <laughs>
1: Well, the one other thing that I was going to mention that I hadn't, uh, someone that's going to benefit are government contractors, and they always benefit. I was reading an article yesterday about how, you know, we ran away from the U- embassy in Ukraine in Kiev. We ran out to love, uh, having a heart attack that we're going to be invaded. But they didn't just run out and lock the doors. They smashed every bit of the computers. They smashed all the equipment. They destroyed all the hard drives. So there's going to be a government contractor out there that is right now just going, this is fantastic. I'm going to remodel my fifth bathroom uh, based on this. But we want to do the next clip because this is the Senate and the House. Bipartisanship. You talked about it yesterday, and that's why I saw this. Of course, a day late and a dollar short. Let's put up that next clip of Chuck Schumer and our favorite senator from, well, our second favorite senator from Kentucky, (laughs) Mitch McConnell. Bipartisan group of Senate leaders issues a message of solidarity with Ukraine.
0: You know, this is a little bit different than the, the policy I advocate. You know, I like I like people to get along together, so there's less likely to have war. But this is also the one thing that I generally have tried to warn about. There's a big difference between coalitions working on an issue where neither side gives up anything they believe in. And, for instance, progressives and libertarians and conservatives can come together. And even now, in spite of the, how well they've controlled the, uh, the media on this, uh, there's been evidence that there's the good conservatives, there's the libertarians, and there's a few progressives left. And that they need to come together. We need a lot more of it and uh, I think that's important rather than saying you know what we need on this budget uh, we need to do something about this somebody wants it to be a hundred billion and somebody said well uh, and, and on a policy of building a weapon we absolutely don't need so the correct policy is don't build it yeah so no they get together and they say well uh, we'll compromise and uh, let's say it's just spend 75 million you know, we only will have that. So we'll have the weapon, we'll have the jobs and all this, and we're going to save this money. So it, it, it's not a compromise, it's, it's a sellout. And that's what, hap- that's what I see there. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people will say, I just wonder, though, nobody's done a good study on this, I wonder how many people get fooled by this bipartisanship. You know, <laughs> I wonder if they feel better. But I would think the people are wiser now than they have been <clears throat> when, when things are more calm. <clears throat> they'd look at this and say... They're they're all fake yeah. uh, at least the people we know from our website. I don't I don't think they get uh, bought into this
1: Well, nothing brings the parties together more than the threat of war, right? They yeah. both agree and here's a quote from that article "Talk talk about a day late and a dollar short um, This is funny because they were all expecting the invasion because they believe the stupid media Said this is the joint statement between the Republicans and Democrats in the Senate in this dark hour we are sending a bipartisan message of solidarity and resolve to the people of Ukraine and an equally clear warning to Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin. It's so dramatic and ridiculous. Yeah,
0: they're going to, <clears throat> they're going to get together and bipartisan, put on more sanctions, which is a major problem because because it's an attack, really, and it's a violation of uh, decency if you use these you know, without pers you know precise reasons uh, to use them but but they're never I don't think uh, of much benefit and in uh, the members of Congress the house and the Senate the uh, Senate uh, is more bipartisan but this whole thing is bipartisan yeah. you know the house is coming together and they've always the house the leadership on the house side has always been very bipartisan which means that well there's an agreement up here and only a screwball like a libertarian here (laughs) and there, disagrees. So therefore, you know, they're they're completely wrong. And they get together and they say, "Uh, we're going to put on more sanctions. That'll do it. What did Biden say? I think he said something about... uh, well, no, I'm not going to say it. He just shouted out, I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a darn about what you do. It doesn't matter. And then he's, ba- and then he's back to thinking, you know, the, uh, the, the, the dollars uh, and rubles that he's sticking in his pocket yeah. by selling more oil at a much higher <laughs> price.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to a couple of updates for if, if ready on the, on the right. COVID thing. And this is an article thanks to uh, Jeff Tucker, who, again, we named as one of the heroes who's done a great job writing over the past couple of years. Uh, and the article is from the Brownstone Institute and it's titled, Are They Finally Admitting Natural Immunity? And what he writes about is a CDC put out a report with a chart in it, and let's put up that chart because charts are helpful. This is the first time you'll see this because even Fauci, remember he said, I I have no idea, I've never heard of natural immunity. (laughs) This is a chart on um, uh, laboratory confirmed COVID-19 associated hospitalizations Among immunologic cohorts defined by vaccination and previous diagnosis histories. It's a long way of saying that that line on the bottom, that black dotted line that is basically at zero, those are the people who are unvaccinated and have had a previous COVID 19 diagnosis. That means the people that have gotten natural immunity from having and gotten over the virus are the least likely of all groups to end up in the hospital and this is the CDC itself uh this is not some rebel uh group so this is why Jeff yeah, Tucker wrote about it
0: but you you can find something that came out of the CDC either today yesterday or the day before that contradicts you know something that has seemed to be understanding about yeah. <laughs> about uh, uh natural immunity but um you, they, and then they work on the assumption that, uh, you know, their vaccines keep working. We really don't need to do, do, do this because uh, there's there's not as much a, 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 a Omicron anymore and yeah. it's helped always blame the wrong thing and take credit for it. Yes. But, you know, the, the little note I wrote to myself, here is all this fuss two years of this punishing doctors for just suggesting it that we should have a debate that you should practice medicine listen to your patient you get penalized you can lose your jobs and lose yeah. your financing and uh and yet th- th- this is uh, uh, something that could have been solved and totally prevented by one principle apply free market principles to the practice of medicine yeah you know, and that that would be it, instead of the government. Of course, when this all started, I remember very clearly, uh, you know, when it really accelerated, the government would take over medicine. Matter of fact, when I got out of medical school in 1961, uh, there was no Medicare or Medicaid, and I worked emergency rooms and all, and I didn't know there was a problem. Yeah. But, but they, uh, uh, you know, now it's, I don't know how anybody can avoid the government when they get medical care. If you go to the hospital, the, the government really finances the hospitals, too, yeah. so they either obey or not, and, you know, you have to set a good standard, so you will wear wear your mask, yeah. and uh, you will not be allowed to uh, use uh, uh, anything alternative other than a vaccine. Bring yeah. them in, give them a vaccine shot, but uh, they, they should, certainly can't use alternative medications.
1: And just imagine if when you look at that line and you see the people that are least likely to end up in the hospital are the ones that have had it and gotten over it. Just imagine if when the Great Barrington Declaration came out, if they had followed those examples set by these yes. very, very prominent, eminent doctors, rather than what they did, which let's not forget, the head of the uh, NIH, Francis Collins, he sent an email to Fauci saying, hey, there's some kooks, here's some fringe, fringe scientists talking about this uh, immunity stuff. Let's figure out how we can discredit them. Let's go, you know, let's try to contact our journalists. Instead of trying to destroy these alternative voices who actually turn out to be the right voices, uh, if they had looked at it and had a debate about it and talked about it and adopted some of these principles, imagine how many lives would have been saved uh, and all of the other things that are associated with the lockdowns.
0: Just think if they had followed one free market principle that when you're manufacturing drugs, it shouldn't be with taxpayers' money. Yeah. And if if you if you are uh, working in a free market, you're responsible. You know, if you sort of hide the facts, and they could be dangerous, and and they real uh, and and they really are, and people have complications. Look at the stories now; they make me sick yeah. thinking about how many uh, young people, especially where they say all of the teenagers, all of the kids have to have this, and they're the last ones to be released yeah. of their uh, burden of uh, the mask went on and it's all in the name of uh, taking care of, of the kids yeah. so uh, you know the, the market can solve a lot of problems people say that's anarchy it's chaos and there there is a little bit of disturbance everything is not perfect because life is not perfect but i'll tell you what if a smaller group uh, that working in voluntary way with doctors and investigators are all private and not and not uh, you, you know, uh, controlled by the money that they're gonna make in the pharmaceuticals that they make, uh, I tell you what, there'd be some problem. But nothing, what compared to when one individual has too much power and starts writing regulations, and, and not responsible to anybody. And I can't think of anybody that anybody's <laughs> any name would come to mind. Yeah. I mean, just the way the CDC has been run it, it, and, and no liability. Money is in. We have another clip here where we're talking about that. That's it, when they were caught talking about money. Yeah. And, and uh, so it's no farce. It, you know, it's the the, um, the people uh, I think are waking up. But it's so it's so tedious. But even here among this people, uh, the bad stuff. They look at it. That means maybe every single day they read this and they say, you know what, this is out of control. I've seen some good talks on uh, on the internet. You know, spontaneous people going out and speaking out. Yeah. And, and they're not only the uh, you know uh, the, uh, the the white physicians. There's a lot of minorities that. And this is a real unifier. Yeah. When it comes to uh, bringing people together, freedom brings people together. That's that's what my, my contention is. And uh, and yet, what do we do? We reject it outright. Yeah. And then we wonder why we have problems.
1: Well, you mentioned a little bit about money, and let's move to this next segment because this is something. No wonder they want to cancel Project Veritas. They go undercover <laughs> and they get people to admit the truth, which is not it's is treason, right? As you say. Here's an undercover investigation. This is an FDA executive officer, Christopher Cole. He was caught in an undercover camera by Project Veritas. And he says, the he expects the FDA to announce annual COVID-19 vaccinations. It's gonna become official policy. He says, this will give us a recurring fountain of revenue. And he talks about how the, the vax makers and the pharmaceutical industry give millions of dollars to the FDA every year. So this relationship between the two is really, uh, talk about insidious, talk about incestuous. No wonder we're getting the worst of all worlds. This is the opposite of what you're calling for, Dr. Paul, of a free market in medicine.
0: Those are the exact words that he said, quoting. "He it, It'll be, be reoccurring fountain of revenue. Fountain of revenue. <laughs> Cole said in the hidden camera uh, footage quote again it might not be that much initially but it's recurring here to continue if they can and if they can get every person required on an annual vaccine that is a recurring return of money going into our company
1: Jeez, and this is the fda i mean this is uh this is supposedly a pseudo-government agency uh you know they've got they have privatized their profits and socialized their losses
0: you know they would be more careful if they have a, a vague understanding about a higher law <laughs> you yeah. know there is a higher law that is superior to anything that they produce or manipulate what we have by, by the politicians but it's obvious he has no idea what morality is all about
1: yeah good for veritas these guys are are real heroes. Well, I was looking at this and I was thinking, you know who I haven't seen about a lot lately is Fauci. And so I did a little search. There's not a lot out there, but I just want to throw this up really quick because I think you might get a, a bit of a grin over it. This is the Daily Mail, which is great. Yeah, that's it, Tony. Dr. Fauci claims that the easing of COVID mandates by blue states has, quote, nothing to do with politics. And they're only, quote, following the science. All right, Fauci, thanks very much. I know you'd like that. Our last little story is from Dan Horowitz, who writes over at The Blaze, and he's also, we should name him as one of the great writers of this past two years. He's done such a terrific job, challenging fearlessly. I'm surprised he hasn't been canceled. But here's some great news, and I sent it over to you yesterday saying, we could do a good news story today. Yeah, this right. is great. The House, The <clears throat> New Hampshire House Committee has unanimously passed a bill affirming physicians right to prescribe off-label medications.
0: Wow, just just a, another tinge of liberty of being returned to yeah. us. And I, I, I liked what you did when you talked about Fauci because you <laughs> did what I suggest is a good idea. Just sort of smile and, and know, <laughs> you, know you, you, you know, it's a joke what, what they're all about. I think that's the best, best thing you do when you don't want to fight and fume with them because yeah. that won't work anyway. But, but uh, chuckling a little bit and just laughing at them uh, is, is a way of calling attention. But, no, this is good news. New Hampshire has this, and they have another. This had to do with uh, it was in generalities, but they have one uh, that is going to be specific for, for ivermectin. Yeah, And, uh, and so uh, maybe uh, maybe that uh, freedom movement where it was encouraged to, uh, a few uh, liberty-loving people would move to New Hampshire. Maybe, maybe that's maybe, helping, yeah. Yeah, it could, could be, be, you could know, be. ideas have consequences.
1: Well, I like what Dan Horowitz wrote in his first line, because it is sort of funny, he says, if the federal government can hand out crack pipes like candy, then shouldn't citizens be able to access ivermectin? <laughs> you, you know,
0: they said that was the, the, one of the most positive things that they said that changed people's minds. Well, it is. It's yeah. common sense. Why would why would they do this? But, but there's so much that we, uh, our government does. It contradicts themselves.
1: Yeah, well, I'll just close by thanking our viewers again. And um, I don't talk about it very often, but uh, the Ron Paul Institute is a nonprofit Uh, that is responsible for the Ron Paul Liberty Report. If you want to go to ronpaulinstitute.org, find a lot of great articles, not too many, but a few each day that are good to read. If you feel like making a tax-deductible donation to help us keep the show on the road, so to speak, we certainly appreciate that as well, and we thank you for your support and for your ongoing support.
0: Very good. And I'm going to close by just emphasizing once again about the New Hampshire law and the movement up there. Because uh, there will be, uh, you know, winners and losers. Uh, the people will win. The individuals, free market medicine gets a little, a little boost, and the people who should be and could very well lose if this momentum continues. That's the pharmaceutical industry. And I'll tell you what. When you think about what Robert Taft, uh, Robert, <laughs> Robert Kennedy has done to make this point, I'll tell you what. A lot of people have. Awakened on this, and uh, and this this should bring people together. Liberty shouldn't divide us because uh, an honest Democrat, liberal, just a social economic liberal, or a progressive, uh, or a libertarian or a constitutionalist. They should all appeal to, to this, to let people make their own decision and come together on this, especially this anti-corporatism. And I'll tell you what, the more I studied and look at everything the Fed has done, they lead the charge, and they are more powerful than I ever dreamed they are. They were. And they do have a control because they pass out the funds, and they are social, they have a strong social agenda. And it's not for liberty and private property. It's for protecting their interests, protecting the interests of pharmaceutical companies and protecting the interests of those who make a lot of money off radical environmentalism. So the the, the information is out there. The tools are there. So when we see somebody getting together and passing a law like New Hampshire, that needs to spread, too, just like the truck uh, convoy is spreading and more people are interested in it. People need to wake up and take a stand.